Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So let's go into the word of God. Um, I'm aware that a number of us are already eager for today's topic, the ministry of a pastor's wife. All right. But before I go into it, um, the Lord said to me to finish up some things about ministry gifts. So permit me to start this week by concluding some sessions I did not touch last week on ministry gifts. Now, if you look at ministry gifts, ministry gifts, you know, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, they have different assignments. Glory to God. The assignments are not the same. The kind of positioning God will give them. Yes, they are ministry gifts, but they don't have the same position in the same kind of assignment. So I want to talk about six of the assignments that are common amongst ministry gifts. The first is that some ministry gifts are actually called to start a church work for God. Not all ministry gifts are called to do that. Now, a man can be under, you know, those that are called are usually called words like um, general overseer or set man or lead pastor or commonly founder. Hallelujah. So the first thing is, is not for people like this, it's not enough to know that I'm called to be a ministry gift. A ministry gift must understand that calling. I'm called to be a ministry gift. And in this assignment, I am called to found churches for God. You see that? It must be clear. So that's the next stage of the, of the calling that they must receive. Are you called to start a work? Not all ministry gifts will start churches for God. Amen. So some are called to do that. And if they are called to do that, they must also prepare for it. Starting a church is not just knowing that God said I should start a church, then you go and start. They also need to be trained. So you will see a number of people that will start a church. First of all, be under a pastor to understudy the pastor who started a church, learn under the person. It's not out of place. Then God would be moving the person to start a work. But there is just one thing I want to say here that if that is the case, that man should ensure that when he is leaving, the person is learning under, he lives on a good note. Because that is the first foundational seed that he will be planting for his own church. Because as his own church grows, other people too that are called to do some other things will start with him. And he must not sow a negative seed. Now, the, the scope of this teaching does not cover all that. Glory to God. So understand that not all ministry gifts are called to start a church for God. So you cannot be under a pastor and get angry because the pastor rebuked you or maybe the way past the pastor said something or maybe the way something happened in church, then you get angry and go and start a church. You know, about four years ago, we met a particular man of God and um, the man of God said to us that God told him, you know, to pack up his church and go and submit to a man. And he's been in ministry, started the church 15 years before we met him. Hallelujah. He said when the church started, the church was booming. His attendance was running to like 400, 450. All of a sudden, things started coming down. And when things started coming down, he began to seek the face of God. Right from the fourth, fifth year, things started going down. And he said that as he was, you know, going to leave that ministry work, there were only 20 people in church. 
He said he went to cry to God that God, what is happening? The Lord said, I never called you to start a work. Remember how you left the church you were in. It was because you were offended that you went to start a work. Hallelujah. And you know, I can say this to you that a number of people that have started work because they were offended. Amen. And they never really truly have a call to start a church. And that's why we have many casualties and victims and, you know, across the body of Christ. So it is good that we clarify as ministry gifts what exactly is the assignment that God is given. Number two, um, a ministry gift can be called as an itinerant minister. That's a minister that goes from place to place to minister. All right. So they are like nomadic ministers. They, 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 they are not called to start a church. They don't start a church. Glory to God. But they go from church to church because of the peculiar calling and message God has given them, you know, to do the work of the ministry. This used to be common in those days, but somehow it's, it's not something really common in our time. Yet there are callings like this, but people are not really sitting down to find out what God is calling them to do. So such itinerant ministers would have a home-based church that we have its own pastor. They didn't start the church. So anytime they are not traveling from place to place, that is where they attend. And the pastor in that church must understand the calling upon them. These are things you don't find, you know, as it were. Let me give you an example. Someone like um, this great evangelist. Um, evangelist, he comes to Nigeria Rian Bonke, glory to God. Evangelist Rian Bonke, he has a home church. He has a pastor. Hallelujah. And when he's on the field doing mission work, hallelujah, he's doing mission work, he's an evangelist. But he didn't start any church. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? So there are callings like that. All right. There are also callings to do, you know, ministry assignments. A member of a church can be called you know, to host relationship, to have a relationship ministry under a particular church covering. Glory to God. The most important thing is that things must be done in order. Hallelujah. The person heading the church where the person attends, where the person called into that kind of ministry because church cannot be brought, built around, around relationship. You just want to have a church and all you want to be talking about is marriage. That's not a church. That's a ministry. That's a ministry message. Glory to God. So someone can be there. Now, the pastor in that church must be able to give such a person, you know, such platforms and allow the person to go out there and fulfill the ministry on him. These things have to return to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So the person cannot get angry and go and start a church for relationship matters. That's not church. The next category I want to talk about is people that are called. They are ministry gifts, but their primary calling is to support a work. That sense is, is like the specific placement call. You understand that? Okay, to support a work or to follow a saint person, a lead pastor, a founder. Follow this person. Glory to God. So there are callings like that. Amen. The other category is God can call a man to continue something he started with another man. And that's where you have, you know, people handing over to another person. That's typical of the redeemed Christian church of God. The person that founded the church handed over 
to Pastor Hiyadeboye. But because he heard correctly, look at what Pastor Hiyadeboye has done with the redeemed Christian Church of God. Amen. Glory to God. And this is important that we know. Now, coming to women, understand that women can be called to do any of the six things I have just, you know, spoken about. Women are called, they can be called to do any of it. There is this controversy that should women pastor, should they not pastor, and women should learn in silence and all that. Yes, I'm very aware of that. But if you come to the new creation, you will get to understand something, especially in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 28. Bible says that there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. So a woman can be called. There is neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. We are dealing with spirits here. Spirits are eternal. They don't have sex. You are a new man. The new man you are is not like it's your body that is born anew. It's your spirit. And a man, a, a spirit man can carry such a calling. But when the person is in a feminine vessel, the person is in a, is in a female body, then there comes some kind of dynamics to that call. And this is the dynamics. Anytime a woman is called into ministry, you must be under the authority of a man. Hallelujah. Why? The reason is not far-fetched. If you look at the construction of the feminine, you know, body or feminine personality, females tend to be more emotional than they are logical. Hallelujah. They tend to be more emotional than they are logical. And there are issues in life that they may not be able to take up like a man would take it up, you know, um, reasoning without mixing it with emotions. Glory to God. A woman can be in ministry and begin to feel like, hey, let my sister hear the choir. She's my sister. And that's not what God is saying. Glory to God. But because of that emotional attachment, a woman might be in ministry and want to make some decisions and is be clouded by emotions. So if one of the things I say is a woman that would do ministry must be able to lord it over emotions. Glory to God. And women in ministry should be under authority. Now, the authority can be the authority of a spiritual father, amen, or the authority of her husband. If she's going to be under the authority of a spiritual father, I would advise that she does not marry. Glory to God. You know, there are so many deep things in scriptures that I don't want to go into. Not everybody is actually called to marry, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But it is good you marry. I love marriage. I'm a married woman myself. Amen. Glory to God. So you see some of those unique callings. You know, looking at Ketrin Kuman, one of the people that we are going to study, I strongly believe that she should not have married. Amen. Glory to God. So you have unique callings that way. But when a woman is in ministry and she's married... Okay, it's also possible a woman is in ministry, her husband is not called into ministry, and she's still submitted to a spiritual father. The man must understand, you know, the place of the spiritual father and must understand the peculiarity of their marriage. Glory to God. Now, in marriage, that man is the head of that woman, no matter how anointed you are. Once you are married, there is male and female. 
It is in Christ Jesus, talking about ministry assignments, you know, that calling place that there is neither male nor female. But the day you marry, there is male and there is female. Every woman must respect that and every woman must understand that. Glory to God. So, women can also be called alongside their husbands. For instance, I'm called alongside my husband. I don't have any ambition to go and start a church somewhere. <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. I understand my calling. I'm called alongside my husband. So, a woman can be called alongside her husband. She can be a ministry gift. And she may not be a ministry gift. But whichever the case is, it must be clear to both the husband and the wife the kind of calling that God has called them into. Glory to God. So the ministry of a pastor's wife. Hmm. A pastor's wife. Now let me start by helping you to know that being a pastor's wife is a calling. Many years ago, the Lord said to me that I have an assignment for you. I'm calling you as a pastor's wife. Amen. So it's a calling in itself. Being a pastor's wife is a calling. Glory to God. And um, it is one of the greatest and probably most challenging ministries if it is not well understood. Amen. It is one of the greatest ministries on earth. One of the most you know, noble assignments that one could do for God. So what do you do when your pastor is your husband? Or... Well, should I say, what do you do when your husband is your pastor? Or let me better put it this way. What will you do when your lover is your pastor? Glory to God. Follow me into this depth today. It's amazing today that I see a number of young ladies that want to be pastor's wives just because of the honor and glory around being a pastor's wife. I've seen young ladies who want to become pastor's wives because they believe that ah, once you are a pastor's wife and especially the pastor is rich, you are fine. Hmm. I've seen a number of young ladies who want to be pastor's wife because of the way the pastor's wife will wear fine clothes and dress and enter the church elegantly. Beloved, these are no reasons to be pastor's wife because those are things that people see on the outside. Behind the scene, it takes God to sustain a pastor's wife because it is a calling. Now, understand that a pastor's wife may be a ministry gift or not. A pastor's wife may be called into full-time ministry or not. A pastor's wife may have another employee, like a career or a business that she's doing along the line, or she could be in full-time ministry. Amen. A pastor's wife may be active in ministry work, or she may not be active in physical ministry work. But anyhow, she must be active in secret ministry work. We'll get to clarify that very soon. Alright? But it's not compulsory that she's in the same part of the assignment. And um, all of this depends on the calling of God for that pastor's wife. Now, there is an there is an error I see around. I see comparison. I see, you know, this, and sometimes it happens from church members. Um, some go to their pastor's wife. I met a particular pastor's wife, you know, outside the country, and she was telling me how that the expectation of the church from her is too high for her to fulfill. They keep comparing her to a pastor's wife of another church who is into ministry big time. And for her, she does not perceive she has such calling. I told her, I said, don't let any Anybody put you into a race that is not yours. 
Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So the calling to be a pastor's wife must not become something we compare someone with someone so that you don't force people to take up a call that is not theirs. If you look at beloved brother Kenneth Hagen, his wife was, you know, pastoring alongside him, but was never a ministry gift. Glory to God. So she wasn't a ministry gift. But listen to me, she was with him. They did ministry practically everywhere together. But you won't see her, you know, handle the mic, preach a message, and, you know, blow a storm. No. But she was involved in the secret part of the ministry work. She was a great intercessor for that meeting, ministry. Hallelujah. So it's important that pastors' wives come to discover their calling. The first call, okay, you are a pastor's wife, thank God. But being a pastor's wife, what other calling comes with it? It's so important so that you are not in a race, so that you are not comparing yourself to another pastor's wife in another church. You must know what God has called you to do. You must know your assignment. You must know the strength of your calling. You don't step into an office that God has not called you. The Lord told me one day, if you go, we have not sent you. I will not go. I won't follow you. You have to follow me. Glory to God. We have believers that believe now that God should follow them anywhere they are going. You follow God where he is leading you. Someone say amen to that. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Whichever situation or kind of ministry calling that a person, I mean, that a pastor's wife, you know, finds herself, there is something critical that the pastor's wife must know. She has a personal ministry to her husband. Say that with me. She has a personal ministry to her husband. Glory to God. This is very key. So what is number one assignment of a pastor's wife? A personal ministry to her husband. It's a calling. The second is that whichever way, whichever category she falls into, she must be active in the secret place calling for that ministry. Hallelujah. She must be active in the secret place calling. Either she's a ministry gift or not. Either she's going to be actively involved in the ministry work or not. Amen. She must be an active player in the secret place of that ministry. Glory to God. Okay, so she must know that she would need at some point to prioritize her husband's calling over whatever it is she's doing. <laughs> this, this will sound like armor to some people. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And that's why I said being a pastor's wife is a calling. Glory to God. Amen. Now, anytime you see a pastor's wife who wants to do her own thing, wants to run her own career, there's going to be trouble. I remember when I was in school, I had this very precious friend of mine. Amen. Our dad was into ministry, but our mom was a medical doctor, okay, a consultant in the hospital. Now, it got to a time that nobody needed to tell the ministry had grown that mommy's attention was needed full time. Amen. And she was at the verge of becoming a professor. In fact, she was one year to becoming a professor. And guess what happened? She resigned. Some of her friends called her foolish. Why not just wait the one year and become a professor? The Lord's call was now. Glory to God. So she had to leave that assignment as a doctor, having become a consultant, and she was an associate prof already, a year to becoming a professor. She left it to answer the call of the ministry. That's a woman with understanding. Now let me warn you here. That spiritual things are not canal things. 
If you remember the beginning of this teaching, I said to you that man is a spirit that has a soul and lives in a body. Now, we are talking about three different realms of which they are connected in man as one. Now, the things of God are in the realm of the spirit. If you read the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Bible says the things of God are foolishness to the men of the world. There are some things you tell the men of the world and they feel that that is foolish. Someone was asking me one day, an American, how would you leave medicine for ministry? I said, where do I start explaining to you? Amen. Because it's going to be foolishness unto you. You can't understand it. You can't understand what I mean by having an encounter with God. You can't understand the realities and verities of the experiences I had with God. How do I explain it to you? Glory to God. And that is why as long as a, a, a being, a Christian, does not begin to retrain in renewing the mind and getting spiritual, there are a lot of spiritual things that will appear foolish to you. Glory to God. So the call of God for a man is not in the realm of the flesh. It's not in the system of this world. It's not the way the world thinks and the way the world sees things. A practical example is, you know, in scripture. Um, if anybody wants to have more money, one of the things that, you know, accounting and economics will teach you is that learn to increase your income and reduce your expenses. True? God says you want to be wealthy. He says give. Those are two contrary things because they belong to two different kingdoms. Hallelujah. But you see believers, spiritual believers who want to run like carnal men and they want spiritual results. It doesn't work that way. A minister says one day, says so many people want prosperity. They go to church, they cry, they pray, they command, they declare, and they cause a lot of rain to fall down from heaven. But there is no seed in the ground. And if rain keeps falling upon the ground where there is no seed, what will happen? There's going to be a lot of erosion. There's going to be flooding. Amen. Amen. And that's very typical of very many Christians. They don't obey the word. Plant your seed. Just one prayer. Father, I thank you for the grace to give. Your word says you increase me. And the thing multiplies. But when you say it, you know, to an average believer who has not renewed his mind or her mind to spiritual things. The person feels like, mm, all those pastors, are they not the ones stealing your money? When last did you check the account and you found the account of church inside the pastor's um, pocket? Maybe it happens in some, or some places, but not in all. In fact, let me say this to you. For you to see a prosperous ministry, the pastor is not eating the money. When you see a church where the pastor is sitting there and eating the money, they don't go forward. Because on which bill will they go forward? It takes money to make things happen in ministry. Glory to God. Amen and amen and amen. And you don't expect a pastor to leave every other thing and labor on the pulpit and will not take something from the pulpit. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way. Bible says that, you know, we should not um, muzzle the ox that, what's the word now? The, the ox, well, it just says that those, that those that labor at the altar, they are worthy of their reward. Glory to God. But that doesn't mean that all the money coming in, the pastor sees with it and begins to siphon it. No, 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 no. Amen. So we are not talking about money now. We are talking about the fact that people need to renew their mind to the things of God. The way God does his things. God's perspective to doing things. And that is the way of God. 
Glory to God. So it is important for you to know that as a pastor's wife, at some point, as ministry goes, you will have to prioritize your husband's calling over anything else. And I want to give some stories so that you can understand what I'm talking about. You know, some years ago, we heard of the story of this man of God. He relocated to the U.S., I think at the age of 34, early 34, early 30s, amen, 33, 34. And he had been in U.S. for about 12 years. And the Lord spoke to him. He had done well in U.S. His wife was doing well. But he began to have this sense of dissatisfaction in his spirit. And he began to pray. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Where I want you to actually do ministry is in Nigeria. He says, Go back to Nigeria. I have an assignment for you there. Glory to God. Ah, the man prayed, he labored, he did everything. The Lord says, go back to Nigeria. He called his wife and said, darling, you know, before we got married, the Lord told us we were going to do ministry. The wife said, yes. Said, eh, but at least the church we are attending, we are doing something. Says, there were pastors in the church they were attending. They didn't found the church, but they were assisting the man of God there. You know, and the man said, God spoke to me and said, we should go back to Nigeria and start a work for him. Do you know what the woman said? The woman said, not me and you. You mean I will leave this place of enjoyment, this place of nourishment, and follow you to Nigeria where there is no Nepal? Not me and you. Glory to God. And guess what happened? The man came to Nigeria alone. Was in Nigeria for 10 years. The wife did not show up in Nigeria. Said, anytime you need me, come and meet me in America. She did not prioritize. She did not, you know, give attention to the fact that she is a pastor's wife. Now, someone in the flesh may look like, ah, we know like thing. We will leave America and come to Nigeria. Beloved, if you think that way, then you can't walk with God. Glory to God. The things of God are about the plan of God, the agenda of God, the program of God. It's not about you. It's not about your comfort. Amen. Though in God's plan, you will be comfortable. Someone say amen to amen. that. Glory to Jesus Christ. So I hope that was not too hard to swallow. Amen. It's just the will of God. And when it comes to God, we say, yes, Lord. When you call someone your Lord, you don't say no, Lord. You say, yes, Lord. You know, the import of people saying Jesus is my Lord has not done on a number of people. When you say Jesus is my Lord, what you are saying is that Jesus is my master. I live by whatever he tells me to do. Glory to God. So the ministry of a pastor's wife, the Lord likened it to me. This blessed me and I believe it will bless you. The Lord likened the ministry of a pastor's wife to me, to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We bear one name in common. If you look at the book of Genesis chapter 2 and you start the reading from verse 18. Now, Bible says that now the Lord God said, it is not good. In other words, Amplified Version says it's not sufficient, it's not satisfactory, that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper, meets. That means a helper suitable for him, um, a helper adopted to him, a helper complementary for him. Glory to God. So, the woman was made as what? Helper. Mark the word helper. Now, come over to John chapter 14 and verse 16. Bible says, and I will ask the Father, Jesus speaking, 
and will give you another comforter. The word comforter there, amplified amplifies it. It says it is also counselor. It is helper. It is intercessor. It is advocate. It is strengthener. It is standby that it may remain with you forever. And so is the wife, the ministry of a, of a woman. As long as you live, you remain with your husband. Never forget that. So the helper, the helper, who is a helper? Glory to God. So you can liken it to what the Holy Spirit does in a believer. Now, one of the things that the Holy Spirit does in a believer is comfort. A wife is to provide comfort for the man. Never forget that. Especially talking about the pastor's wife. A wife must be there to provide godly counsel. A counselor. The wife must be an intercessor of her husband. I tell you, every pastor's wife is called into the intercessory ministry. If there is nothing you are interceding for, you must be interceding for that man who is your husband and your pastor, your lover and your pastor at the same time. And you must also be interceding for the work of the ministry that has been committed into his hands. Now, a number of people are too quick to say, ah, is he only the woman? And what of the man? Let's still leave the womb, the man. See, there was something the Lord showed me one time. And um, he showed me in the beginning how that Adam and Eve fell. You understand that story in Genesis chapter 3. Now, when they fell and God came down, God said, Adam, why did you eat out of the fruit, you know, that I told you not to? He says, it's the woman that thou gave me. Then the Lord asked the woman, woman, what happened? That one who said, is the serpent. Now, when God was going to dole out his judgment, he gave every man his own portion. Hallelujah. The Lord told me, he said, mind your instructions. A number of women are too busy trying to make their husbands mind their husband's instruction. Hallelujah. That they forget to man and mind their own instructions. The Lord asked me one day, he said, what's your instruction in marriage? I said, submit to my husband. He said, that is it. Whereas a lot of women are fighting hard to make their husbands love them. He says, that's not your assignment. I did not write anywhere in scriptures that wife make your husbands love you. Neither did I write anywhere that husband submit your husband, your wife to yourself. Let every man man his own instruction. Because when God is going to come and dole out his judgment, he's not going to say, God, you know, it's not that I don't love him or I don't want to submit to him. It's because God does not listen to becauses. Man your instruction so for this meeting today let us man the ministry of a pastor's wife i don't want you in your heart to ask any question what if the leave all the what ifs now just look at it get yourself by these instructions open up to the world and say god show me my place show me my portion hallelujah and let's see how god will take charge of things that you even thought they were mountains that could not be moved Glory to God. Amen and amen. Amen. All right, so I was saying that the ministry of a wife, pastor's wife here, can be compared to the ministry of the Holy Spirit. A helper, a helper, an intercessor. Amen. Glory to God. He says, I, I, I stand by. There is something I like about Yoruba words. You know, um, I want to give you some words that describes a helper, that describes a wife. You know, the first one is Olunolowo, a helper. So you ask yourself, have, have I been that to my own husband? 
Olutunu a comforter. How many women have been comforters to their husbands? That it has not gotten to a point where instead of comforting him, is fire for fire. Hallelujah. Abanidaro. Glory to God. Abanidaro. You know, that's, that's so much like um, a companion. Glory to God. A companion. Adurotini. Stand by. Glory to God. And that is likened unto the ministry of a pastor's wife. Now, the ministry of a pastor's wife is meant for the prepared. A number of pastor's wives fail in the place of preparation. And once the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? Amen. The place of preparation. I would love to approach, you know, this topic of the ministry of a pastor's wife under some headlines. And the first headline will be the preparation of a pastor's wife. Because it's very critical. Some of you on this platform are still single. You can, you can, you, you can begin to pay attention to these things. So that your life in future, you know, will be beautiful and great. And there are some of us that just all we need to do is to repent, change our ways and take up a new life. Glory to God. A new living by the word of God. So there is such a thing as the preparation of a pastor's wife. As God said to you that you will marry a pastor, beloved, that's a calling. Glory to God. This, you know, I, I feel like saying, you share day. Amen. Someone say amen to that. Amen. You've got work ahead of you. But the good news is that you are not alone. Amen. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Little wonder Bible says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Okay, so the second headline will be the work of a pastor's wife. The work, W-A-L-K. The work of a pastor's wife with God. The work of a pastor's wife with God. Because what we call a pastor's wife must have a work with God. If not, she's going to be frustrated. Amen. The reason a number of pastor's wives are frustrated is because they do not have a personal work with God. How do you want to be a pastor's wife without having a personal work with God? Amen. Amen. I also want to talk under the headline of the understanding and the art of a pastor's wife. The understanding and the heart of a pastor's wife. Then, of course, I'm going to talk about the sensitivity of a pastor's wife. I'm going to talk about the ministry of the pastor's wife. I come down on that topic itself. Amen. I'm going to talk about the character and emotions of a pastor's wife. Then I'm going to talk about the consecration and the sacrifices of a pastor's wife. A pastor's wife has consecrations. A pastor's wife has sacrifices to make. Glory to God. It's not a calling like every other person who is a wife. It's a special kind of calling. It's like calling you to be a wife in grand style. Amen and amen. Amen. So the preparation of a pastor's wife. The most important and critical preparation that I have seen is the pre preparation by God. Mm 
Because God himself ordained this calling, he ordained this assignment, he prepares his children. Now, looking back at my life, even when I was single, I didn't know what God was doing. But instruction after instruction, I've come to realize that God was actually preparing me for the future he has prepared me for. Hallelujah. Now say this, say God is preparing me for the future he has prepared for me. Say God is preparing me for the future that he has prepared for me. And I yield to this preparation for my heart in Jesus name. A number of believers, Christian young ladies fail to yield to God on this level. Hallelujah. And it's important we pay attention to it. There are times that, you know, one of the enemies of young ladies is comfort. People don't want to be pushed out of their comfort. There are times that he even gives you, gives you some assignments. I remember then in my fellowship, they were going to make me an ESCO member. I was a medical student. I was in a critical class. I did not want to do it. The Lord said, I gave you an assignment. Go do it. I now realize that, wow, thank God I did it. There were things I gained, I understood, I came to know in that assignment that is helping me today. Glory to God. So it tells you that God begins to prepare his children. But when people are always running away from responsibility, running away from anything that will stretch them, amen, they eventually run away from God's preparation. Now listen, let me say this to you. There is nobody that is made in the comfort zone. Glory to God. Every making, ask anybody that is a graduate of any university system. You were not made in your comfort. You were driven to do lectures. You were driven to write tests. You were driven to write exams. Why? Because you were going to be made in those four years, those five years, those six years. As the case may be. Ask lawyers what they went through to become lawyers. Ask nurses. Ask doctors. Ask physiotherapists. Ask accountants. And yet, God's children want to just land into destiny bagam with no preparation. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up spiritually, neither does it add up physically. There is nobody. Ask any great man that was raised. He was raised with responsibilities. He was raised being, being stretched. When you see a great man, any man commanding results in anything, know that he has been stretched. No man, beloved, is built in comfort zones. Little wonder some rich men are not able to carry their wealth into transgenerational dimensions. Because they are raised. They are raised for wealth. They are raised to get wealthy. Check out wealthy men in most generations. Quite a high percentage come from people with very low and humble backgrounds. But when they have this money... They don't want to train their own children the way they were raised. They feel it's too difficult. Fine. We are not talking of extreme hardship. But how would you have a female child that does not know how to cook? All in the name of her, she's my daughter, and now you have money. What are you raising that child for? You have a female daughter that cannot wash anything that belongs to her. She doesn't even know how to operate a washing machine. Is the house help that will do it. It tells you you are raising that house help to be a great woman in life and you are raising your daughter to be a non-entity. Say, not me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So, great people 
are raised with responsibilities. God himself sees to preparation of his own children for the destiny he has for them. Now, I just want to mention few, but not limited to these areas that God tries to raise his children. The first area God tries to, God, God raises his, his children that will become pastor's wife is the area of spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. You see, there is no way you are going to be a pastor's wife and you are not spiritually matured that you can have any sense of fulfillment. It's always going to be sense of inadequacy, insufficiency. Why? Because you've not yielded to preparation for that place. Amen. Especially you are a pastor's wife who is a ministry gift. And you cannot even, you are not trained when you were in school, there was there was school of ministry here. Yeah? This school of ministry, you didn't attend any. What makes one a, fa- a pastor's wife is not just the ability to do fashion. It is content. What do you have on your inside? If you're going to be a woman standing beside a great man, you've got to have content, beloved. It cannot be all about the beauty because ministry is spiritual. No, your enemies are not just physical. You are battling with spiritual forces. You had better had stuff on the inside. I mean, divine stuff. So, a place of preparation to make his daughter spiritually matured. And you must yield to him. Spiritual maturity is not built, you know, by telling stories. You give yourself to the ministry of the word. You give yourself to the ministry of prayer. Hallelujah. I remember then God will tell me, he says, okay. You are going to do eight hours marathon prayer. I say, yay. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. I didn't know what he was doing with me. Amen. He says, two hours this morning. Wake up. 3 a.m. You start. You start praying. You start training yourself. Little did I know that I was in the school of training. Hallelujah. So you need to pay attention to growing up spiritually. What do you know about the new man? If you're a pastor's wife and everything you know about the Bible is in the book of Psalm and Isaiah, you have not started this new work. Amen. You humble yourself. You say, God, I open up myself to your word. There are pastor's wife that all they can quote are scriptures in Isaiah and in Psalm. It's all about the enemy. I tell people Christianity is not about the devil. Glory to God. Some people spend time talking more about the devil than they spend time talking about God. Christianity is about God. It's about his will. It's about his prophetic agenda. It's about getting souls saved. It's about teaching people the doctrine of Christ. It's about giving people an understanding of the new creation. Oh, glory to Jesus Christ. So, you must yield to preparations that God is taking you through to make you spiritually matured. The elementary doctrine of Christ. Some believers don't even know there is anything called the elementary doctrine of Christ. Hallelujah. Another one that I know God raises his children to do, who are going to be pastor's wife, is submission. God taught me submission by the things I suffered. Hallelujah. Right from when I was single. It taught me how to submit. Submission is a revelation for me. Amen. It's not somebody trying to force me to submit to him. No. I conceived it with God. And so are pastor's wives who are standing and fulfilling their call. 
And you know, I see, I see sometimes, I see, I see a drama. You would know pastors and their wives who are not so knitted behind the scene. But when they get to the scene, they begin to act up. They begin to do drama. But for a sensitive person, a person who is spiritually discerning, you know that mm, something is not right somewhere. Now, even if that is the situation with you, beloved, it can begin to change from today. Hallelujah. As you pay attention to the dealings of God in your life. Submission. Any pastor's wife who has not correctly learned submission ah, will have challenges in ministry. Submission even when it is not convenient. Submission even when it is not logical. Hallelujah. All you have is God's instruction to submit. And yet, you hold on to it tenaciously and you submit. Glory to God. Another place where I know God raises, he, he, he prepares his children, is overcoming the works of the flesh. Hallelujah. Overcoming the works of the flesh. You know, if you open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 19 to 21, you know, it spells out clearly what the works of the flesh are. Now, one of the things I know about God in preparing his daughters is that he raises his daughters, you know, to overcome the works of the flesh. But a number of believers fail to yield in this area also. Now, let's look at the works of the flesh. Now, from verse 19 of Galatians chapter 5, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, mothers, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. What is important about overcoming this work of the flesh is that when you see a pastor's wife who have not overcome the works of the flesh, there is no day you will not get into competition with your church members. There is no day you won't get into competition. One of the things a pastor's wife must never enter into is competing with a church member. For what? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. You take your place by revelation. You know who you are by revelation. If your pastor's wife has not overcome the works of the flesh, there is no day you will not walk in jealousy. You know, there are some pastor's wives that the enemy has, has hindered the ministry of their husbands just because they have not overcome the works of the flesh. Now, imagine a pastor's wife who is jealous. Glory to God. She doesn't want to see any lady talk to her husband. Beloved, your husband is sent to people. You are a pastor's wife. Anytime a lady sits down to see your husband, you use your eyes to, to pack her from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet and she will never come back to church. Say, not me. Not me. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You see envy in a pastor's wife who have not overcome the works of the flesh. Unnecessary envy. Someone wore a cloth it was finer than yours. The next week you want to re reciprocate. Reciprocate what nonsense? Is that what the calling of a pastor's wife? Is that what you've been called to do? Look good. When you look good as a pastor's wife, you are looking good, you know, for the glory of God and the glory of your husband. Amen. Mm -hmm. You're not looking good to be in competition with anybody. 
If anybody dresses and is doing, oh, you are looking good, sister. I love your dress. Celebrate people. Love people. You are a pastor's wife. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. A pastor's wife cannot afford to be in strife with church members. Amen. Strive. There are things that as a pastor's wife in your year of years of preparation, you find in your life, you go sit down with God and say, Lord, take this thing away from me before it destroys my destiny. A pastor's wife cannot be a woman that romances anger day and night. Glory to God. People will run away from you, from your husband, and from the ministry. Say, I'm a helper to my husband. I am not an hindrance to the work of the ministry. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Another area of preparation that God calls the attention of people is raising to be pastor's wife too is walking with the spirit and walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. Walking with the spirit and walking in the spirit. May I announce to you that the pastor's wife must be someone who is yielded and submitted to the Holy Spirit, who knows how to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. It comes as a training, as a preparation. In your years of preparation, you make some mistakes. You learn from them. Glory to God. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, another thing God does, you know, to help his daughters prepare is to send mentors to them. Amen. There is a place of a mentor in your preparation for your destiny. You know, because sometimes this ministry has been bastardized, people don't tend to see the original and um, intent of God in it and to see the benefit of it. Glory to God. There is a lot of benefits in being mentored, in having a mentor. Amen. Now, um, in our own time, thank God is reimagined. It's coming up again. But we believe God that people will not mess it up. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mentoring. Now, one of the things a mentor would do for you is raising you to be complete and rounded. There are some people that God has brought to me. I know that they are the future pastor's wife. In fact, some of them are already married to pastors right now, as I speak. But when they came, they were single ladies, and I knew that they were going to marry pastors. Hallelujah. And um, one of the things the Lord had me do with them was to raise them complete and rounded. Like the Proverbs 31 woman. A pastor's wife, I've met some of them at the point of meeting. They had a lot of passion for God. They wanted to pray. They wanted to study their Bible. But they did not know how to lay a bed. They didn't know how to sweep the floor. They did not know how to cook. They did not know how to do all this. Amen. A pastor's wife must be rounded. A pastor's wife must be a virtuous woman because being a pastor's wife has put you in a place where younger ladies will look up to you. And I tell people you cannot give what you don't have. Amen and amen. Amen. You cannot give what you don't have. I have an issue if a lady is raising herself all for preaching and praying. The man of God at the end of the day after a beautiful Sunday service will get home and he wants food in his plate. You can't get home back and say, the move you started in church is still moving me. I want to go and pray. The man will tell you away. I'm hungry. <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. You see some young ladies, all they want is kabaraba, shande. As important as it is, you must be a rounded woman. You must be a complete woman. They don't know anything about homemaking. 
I remember some years ago, a pastor called me up and said, Pastor Funke, please, I need your help. I said, what is this? Help me train my wife. When I come to the house, I am hungry. I said, why? He said, the house is scattered. He said, I've never been bold to bring anybody to the house. Says, my house smells as though it is goats that live inside. I said, no, sir. I'm called up the pastor's wife. We started this training. It can't be all. And if she's praying, heaven will fall. Hallelujah. A mentor helps you. You become rounded. You, be, you begin to know, you know, how to do different things. Of course, your assignment is the priority. But that should not make you useless in other fronts. Because you are a wife. You are a mother. You are a pastor's wife. People look up to you. Hallelujah. Every man wants a beautiful homemaker. It doesn't matter if you are a ministry gift. Amen. He doesn't want to wake up from his bed and meet his bed the next day the way he left it yesterday. Hallelujah. A homemaker. Someone who, who, who watches the home front while he's away. I know some ladies have an issue with that. But you are repenting today in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. A mentor will model and re-emphasize all the things God has been trying to prepare you for above. Amen. Overcoming the flesh, the, the, the works of the flesh, spiritual maturity, working with the spirit and in the spirit, doctrine. A mentor will help you to model that and to emphasize it and re-emphasize it. It becomes easier to yield to God's own personal preparation under a mentor. And I must say this, you don't choose your mentor. That's another error young ladies fall into. I've had people come to me uh, I want to say, why do you want me to mentor? Because your friend is in mentoring. Go and pray to know your mentor. Hallelujah. It's definite, it's destiny specific. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. amen. All right. A mentor will encourage and counsel you when you need it. Ask people who have experienced the blessings of mentoring. In places where some people would have lost their relationships, mentors rise for them. In places where some people would have lost, in fact, very critical things in their lives, mentors rise for them. Either on their knees or even physically. Oh, glory to Jesus. I remember, you know, then one of my proteges and... Um, she was, she was practically sent away from school and her dad was so hungry and said she should go and start selling pepper. I went to the house. I had to go and see the dad. I was her mentor. I said, release this girl for me. She will come back into school and she will graduate. She said, are you sure? I said, yes. I said, I'm a mentor. Brought her back to school. She would jump again. Took her to lessons. I didn't mind. Today, she's a graduate. Hallelujah. Mentors will rise for you. Mentors will be blessings to your life. And she's married to a ministry gift. Glory to Jesus. Amen, amen and amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. The third level in mentoring is that, I mean, in preparation, is that you yourself must learn to prepare yourself. When God has told you this is where you are going, I said that the first response is preparation. I see a number of ladies, God just told them, and that's why sometimes God don't tell some people some things. God told them that you're going to marry a pastor, then they go and start shaking their bonbon for every pastor around. Amen. Amen. 
Glory to God. That's not your place. God says you're going to be a pastor's wife. Your response is just begin to prepare. Begin to prepare. Amen. Before you start thinking about the glamour, the wearing fine clothes, the sitting down before pastor in church, think about the responsibility that comes with it. Are you truly made? Are you, have, you, have you been fabricated? Have you been, have you been braced, prepared for this assignment? Are you refined? Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's quickly look at another, another. Okay. Under that, I talked about self-development, you know, and yieldedness to God and prompt obedience. Then taking up trainings and skills, you know, attend school of ministry, attend this one, you know, begin to raise yourself. There are sometimes you might even go and learn a skill in accounting. You learn a skill, you know, just preparing yourself for what lies ahead. Amen. So let's move to the work of a pastor's wife. With God. Now, a pastor's wife must be born again. Amen. Mm -hmm. I've seen some pastors marry unbelievers. Now, if they married unbelievers because they themselves were unbelievers at the time they married, it's a different ballgame. You understand? They were both unbelievers. They got married. Along the line, the man got born again and God told him that he was going to do ministry. That's a different ballgame. Amen. But before you got married, you are born again. You know you will pastor one day. And all you see in the church is this beautiful Okweke. I marry her just for her beauty and no content. Her beauty and no leading from God. A pastor cannot afford to marry a woman that is not born again. Now, a pastor's wife must know God by herself. A particular procedure of mine came to see me that somebody proposed to her. I told her to bring the person. I saw the person and while I was speaking to that person, the male, the Lord witnessed in my heart that that was her husband. But God told me to tell her to say no to the man. I said, Lord, uh, is her husband. She should say no. Say she's not prepared. Glory to God. She knows nothing about hearing God by herself. The only reason she wanted to say yes to that pastor was because he's a pastor that proposed to her. She just got born again, barely one year, and she had not even given good attention to the things of God. And you want to go on to marry a pastor, you will have issues. So I told her, I said, say no to him. Say, ah, mommy. But he said he saw a revelation. I said, no. Say no to him. So she went ahead and said no. Hallelujah. I didn't tell her that he's your husband. No, 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 no. I did not say that. Hallelujah. I said, the Lord will have me raise you for six months. Just give me six months with you. And we started. By the end of six months, I called the man myself. Hallelujah. Because there was something I told the man that day that the spiritually sensitive would have captured. The man smiled, saying, yes, ma, that he knows. That what he was planning to do was to raise her. I said, there will be a challenge. Because she will put full love first before you're raising and there will be fights. When you start telling her, go and do this assignment. Ah, am I in this relationship for assignment? <laughs> Glory to God. And by the time I was done, no, not me. When God was done with her. Oh my God. Amen. And they are married today. Someone say amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, the person must know God for herself. When we talk about knowing God, there is a critical part of knowing God that I want to talk about. A pastor's wife must be able to hear God by herself. 
She must know what God is saying per time. In fact, I tell young ladies, if you cannot hear God, it's not time to marry. It's not even time to enter into a relationship. Because the best of man in all realms, all fashion, the best of man without God can never hit it right on point. You need God. You need the one who made you to show you the way. Someone gave an analogy one day. He said you received the letter to come to a place and they were going to award you something in that location. Amen. And that's a state you've never been to before. Glory to God. And it's a place you've never been to. All you have is an address. No GPS, no nothing. Amen. Would you spend your time trying to look for the address or on your way just to the bus stop? You met someone, you were talking to the person, and the person said, oh, I'm actually the owner of that place. Would you say, oh, now God bless you, bye-bye. Or you'd rather say, sir, just take me to that place. So is it with God. The life you are trying to struggle to sort out yourself. He made it. He knows the hand of it right from the beginning. Wisdom says, give your hands to him. Submit to him. Let him lead you there. Hallelujah. So, someone who is going to be a pastor's wife must know God by herself. And she must love God. This is very critical. A pastor's wife who does not love God, the day she is angry with her husband, we leave ministry. Because it was not sourced on God's love. Amen. Amen. A pastor's wife must love God, love God. God's work must be as important to her as it is to her husband. In fact, if not much more. Glory to God. There are some things a pastor's wife, you know, will not do, will not allow to happen because of her love for God's work. Point number four or five, a pastor's wife must love God's precious people. Can you imagine a pastor's wife who believes in me and my husband? I can already predict the limitations in the ministry they will do. It's just me and my husband. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have you met a wife who is me and my husband alone before? No guest comes to the house. It's me and my husband. No guest comes to see pastor in the office. It's me and my husband. You are sent to people. You better love them. People who have excesses, yes. I'm not arguing with that. But the first thing is you have to accept your call that I am sent to people will be under the other challenges at other junctions but the first thing is what i am sent to people my husband is sent to people amen, amen. glory to god amen. a pastor's wife must have a good and deep understanding of ministry not all believers understand ministry and what ministry is about a pastor's wife must have a good understanding of ministry let me give you an example a pastor, a, a pastor's wife who married a pastor that God has called into a placement-specific helps ministry to follow Pastor B or let's say Pastor A. God has called this husband to follow Pastor A. And you as the pastor's wife, you don't have that understanding and you keep picking faults in the pastor and his wife. There will be trouble. Later or sooner, you are going to send your husband away from the place of his primary call. Amen and amen. Mm -hmm. 
You must have an understanding of ministry. Or you are in an assignment and you are in competition with another pastor's wife. You, you don't understand what ministry is about. Even if the person is trying to compete with you, I say, there is no competition except two people who agree to compete. Do you compete with who is not competing? No. Ah. Amen. Amen. And you know, tell people to discuss challenges of pastor's wife. They say the people. Sometimes it's the pastor's wife herself that initiated the people challenge. When it is now initiated and is full blown, then they can't do it. Then they say, ah, it's the people. Amen. A pastor's wife who cannot give honor to other people in ministry. You see somebody's husband standing by her and you say, because you are pastor's wife. You will have an issue with, her, with, her, with the man's wife, no matter who, you, who, who the person, the husband is to you. You carry yourself in honor. And so you do out respect to everybody. He is a man in his own kingdom. He's the head of his own home. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So it's very important. You must have an understanding, a deep understanding of ministry. All right? A pastor's wife must have a revelation of her husband's ministry. You must understand what kind of ministry God has called your husband into. Now, let me say this. Do you know a lot of men have gone to start churches that God did not send them to start because of their wives? When a wife is telling the husband, can't we have our own? And you keep ringing it in the, eye, in the hearing of a man. You are going to talk his spirit so low that he yields to what you are saying. And that's a Jezebelic spirit. Say, not me. Not me. Glory to God. So, just as the man understands it, you must understand this and you must both conceive it as such. So that even if issues come up, you know that these issues are meant to be resolved. Hallelujah. So, we have to run. We still have a lot to do. Amen. So, understanding the understanding and the art of a pastor's wife. Now, let me just, you know, run over that because we are still going to handle some doctrines in this, in the course of refined. Now, a pastor's wife must have a heart of love. A pastor's wife must have a heart that believes in God's precious people. This is the way it is. See, listen, people will join your church unmade and God expects you to take them through that process of their making. A number of pastors' wives expect finished products. So it tells you that you are like that place where people come to pour out all their pampasses and their poopoos and you clean and clean and they can now stand on their own and you are a blessing to them. But a pastor who is put off by every little poopoo, when I say poopoo now, I'm not talking about the natural poopoo. I mean the, 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 the attitudes, the bad attitudes, the talks and all that you know, of people. You must have a heart of love. You must have a heart that believes in God's precious people. You must be a woman of God that can see people by their destiny and take them from where they are to where they ought to be. Glory to God. In years of mentoring, I've had, I mean, people that mentoring do things that, oh God, but I will not give up on them. Someone say amen to that. Amen. There's no giving up. It's a work for God. 
and it better be born out of love. That's one of the things that I look at in the body of Christ. I say, wow, no matter the works you do, the one that is not born out of love will born. It will have no reward. May we not walk with no reward. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God. And there is this deep understanding that a pastor's wife must have. Remember I talked about the heart of love, a heart of faith that believes in people. Okay? I want to minister this deep understanding that a pastor's wife must have. It's an understanding the Lord gave me very early in life. Since he, he told me that I was going to do ministry and I was going to marry a pastor. Now, listen, and let's dive into this. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Someone say that. Jesus himself said it. This is the deep understanding that God gave to me. Amen. A number of pastors' wives have called their husbands their enemy, whereas the enemy is not their husband. Glory to God. Now we have an enemy that will do anything and try anything to distract us, to discourage us, to ridicule, to make of no effect the pastor, his wife, and the ministry. Amen. Amen. We have an arch enemy called the devil. So many things happen in the lives, in the marriages, in the house of pastors that are demonically inspired. Why? The aim is just to stop the work of the ministry. Say God's work is unstoppable. Say the kingdom of God is advancing in power. The church of God is marching on. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. It takes understanding of God's word. Understanding of God's kingdom. Glory to God to undo such things. Amen. And when you have this understanding that no matter what, I and my husband must be one. Because we cannot afford to be divided against ourselves. In division we cannot stand. In oneness we will always stand. Hallelujah. Now what I'm saying to you seems like a statement. But beloved, <laughs> beloved, Beloved, it's demanding. It's, it's something that will get you to a point as a woman where you will master your emotions. Emotionally, you are feeling like packing your load and leaving the man's house. But you know that ah, this battle is God's battle. You know that this is an attack from the pit of hell. We will not fall for it. In fact, if you will tell it to ordinary people who do not have God nor know God, they will tell you, what are you still doing there? Pack your load. But you will tell them that we are a kingdom. We are not divided against ourselves. A pastor's wife must be a woman who knows how to bend her knees and get results. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Marriage, children, people around, demonic assaults and attacks, the tongue of people, what people will say. You know, some people have never met me before, but the things they've said against me. You know, there was one day, one of my proteges went to a salon to fix her hair and they were talking about me. They did not know that she was even, that she knew me. Glory to God. And they said that, ah, if you know me, you know I don't spend any hour. Hallelujah. At that time, I'd never been to America. Amen. And said they slashed me into pieces. 
Glory to God. You know, I told her that day, I said, don't worry. They think they are gossiping, they are prophesying. Hallelujah. You must know how to undo, undo what people will say. Because sometimes the enemy will move some people to talk. If a whole Peter could talk and Jesus said, away from me, Satan. Is it now the market woman in the market that does not even know Jesus? People will say things. A pastor's wife must be ready to stand. And I say again, stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, I love God. I love my enemy. I mean, I, I love my husband. I love God. I love my husband. I love the work of the ministry. There are statements that will be tried. Amen. It's as though the enemy said, really? You mean you love God? Sounds like, really? You love this work of the ministry? Hallelujah. But you see, we are in a kingdom where we live from the final answers. We know the final answers and we live from there. Glory to God. We know the eternal outcomes and we live from there. Amen and amen. amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. And one of the things I want to hand over to you today is that be one with your husband as a pastor's wife. The day the enemy can get in between you and your husband, God help to restore that marriage. It is a day that the enemy overcame something. But God forbid. Say God forbid. God forbid. You know why? This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Glory to God. Jesus speaking, he says that um, I have overcome the world. Amen and amen. amen. So never allow the enemy get you to a corner where he uses you against your husband. That is the corner the enemy tries to get every pastor's wife into. It is the same enemy, I mean the same corner that the enemy got Eve into in the beginning. Hallelujah. That it was looking like is this wicked woman. The devil brought her to a corner. One day I met a particular pastor's wife. And you know she was pouring out her heart to me. While she was talking, she said something to me. She said, mommy, my husband has, has hurt me. The Lord said I should tell her that you've been working against your husband. You've allowed the devil use you against your husband. Said, ma, because I was hurt. And what happened? The husband got so busy with ministry work and didn't give her attention. Amen. And this is where I say that. See, it's important that in ministry, there is a mentor. There is a spiritual father that every pastor and his wife are submitted to. These are issues that they are paying you. You should raise with your mentor, with your spiritual father. That it could be resolved early before it becomes a major issue. So do you know what happened? Anytime the pastor is going out for any ministration, she sits at home and begins to imagine he has an accident and breaks his leg. She practically began to, and she did not know, in her pain, in her heart, that it was the enemy that was using her against her. Until they got to a point where the man actually had an accident and was unconscious. Why would you allow the enemy use you against you? Because if this man dies, you have two children. Your children becomes, I mean, they become orphans or, I mean, fatherless. 
You become a widow. Say, not me. Not me. Hallelujah. Why not pray that God let there be an intervention? Touch this man. Yes, some men of God sometimes do it to the extreme. That they forget their family and they go all the way for ministry. But the answer is not sitting down at home and wishing them evil. That is the devil setting you up to walk against your own husband. Say, not me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So when the enemy tries to use you against your husband, you must resist him firmly. Glory to God. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee away from you. So he tells you if he's not fleeing, we are not resisting. Say, I resist him. I resist. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So anytime the devil is trying to do things and instigate things in your marriage just to hurt you, to make you unhappy, what he's trying to do is to begin to use your mind and your thoughts against your husband. Make your mind and your thoughts an empowerment for your husband in such situations. Hallelujah. Yield to the nature of God on the inside of you. And say, yes, fine, my husband has done this. It takes the strength of the spirit to do that. Because really the feeling is not good. Maybe you feel, ah, my husband did this to me. My husband did that to me. You are looking at what he did. The devil is looking at dismantling the two of you and destroying the work of the ministry. Destroying the destiny you carry. Amen. Amen. Don't let him. We must not allow this foothold in our marriages. We are not women that are like weapons working against our husbands. No. We are godly wives in the lives of our husbands. Say amen to that. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, Bible says, can two work together except they be agreed? Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. Let the word of God be your agreement. You see, um, you must learn this in life as you grow up in Christ to make the word of God that which settles issues for you. It doesn't matter if it is um, in your favor or not in your favor. Once it's the word of God, let it settle it for you. Glory to God. Don't try to justify anything. You know how we justify? It is because he... mm -mm. Now, let me help you see it this way so that you understand what I'm saying. How many of you know that God is a good God? You know God is a good God. Hallelujah. Now, can you imagine how many people are wicked in this world? Amen. Now, imagine that everybody that does any wicked thing, God responds immediately. Amen. Are you, are you following my question? Now, in 24 hours, people do wickedness every minute. God is responding every minute. If God practices that for one month, who is he? Huh? He becomes a wicked God himself. That's what challenges in marriage make of some women. All in the name of hurt and retaliation. The Lord said something to me one day. He said, be who you are. That is the test that truly shows that that is who you are. But when you have to respond to everything, you want to, my husband did this, me too, I will do that. My husband said this, me too, I will say that. Hallelujah. Then you are no longer the person you claim to be. Oh, come on. Someone feels like, ah, would you now look like the men? I said, mind your own today. <laughs> Let's allow the word of God help us. Let's allow the word of God strengthen us. Let's allow the word of God straighten us. 
So I'm saying to you today that prioritize the oneness in your marriage, the agreement you have with your husband over your comfort zone. Prioritize it. Prioritize the purpose of your togetherness over personal opinions and opinions and biases. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just perceive I need to pray for some people here. In the name of Jesus Christ, today I declare that the ability of God is your ability. The strength of God oozes out from your spirit. You are blessed. In the name of Jesus Christ, you will receive grace today to be all that God has called you to be. All the virtues that you have developed before you got married, the situations in marriage will not make them nonsense. Situations in marriage will not ridicule them. Let the true you begin to fight on in that expression. Beyond the hearts, beyond the disappointments, beyond the, the, the insecurities. I take authority over those negative forces holding you bound. I command your release. Be free. So find on in that expression, in the name of Jesus, you are who God has made you. Receive strength to be you. In the name of Jesus, situations are not changing you. Some circumstances are not turning you to a wicked woman. No, you are not that wicked woman. You are not that woman that wishes evil. No, you are not. The real you is finding expression. You know, the Lord said to me, there are some of you you need to forgive right now. Kidabosha, yes, you've been hurt. I'm not arguing with the fact that your husband did one thing or another. We are still coming to husbands and issues. Listen, but I speak to you. I speak to the deposits of God in your English. Inside. I speak to the divine abilities of God that you have locked up within. Find expression in the name of Jesus Christ. You are blessed. You are blessed. Now you rise and you fulfill all of God's plan for you. In the name of Jesus, your beauty begins to emerge. That beautiful woman on the inside begins to find expression. That virtuous woman on the inside begins to find expression. God wipes away your tears. God wipes away your tears. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, for the spirit of mourning, receive the spirit of grace and of joy. In the name of Jesus Christ, that burden is lifted off your shoulder. The yoke is broken today because of the anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ, there is someone that you've had to be pretending on the outside as though things were fine with your husband, but that's not really the situation. Today, I decree the sweetness of God's spirit visits your home. From this moment, there is a supernatural transformation. Those things that you thought were things that your husband did that hurt you. I speak to you, the pharaohs you saw yesterday, you will see no more. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Your home is sweet. Your marriage is sweet. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Now, I just want you to take time to pray. Pour out yourselves to God. I want to close the meeting today. Um, hmm. We have to close. We still have a lot to do. I've not done with the ministry of a pastor's wife. But 
I just perceive in my spirit that we should get to praying. There is a grace that has been released. There is an anointing right now released upon us. I want you to begin to pray right now. Play, 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 play yourself onto a point where you know that, yes, you have the release. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Father, thank you for encounters as your daughters go into prayer today. Thank you for your glory. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your revelation. Glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.